Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the latest episode of HR Tech Chat. And uh, with us today, we have Mark Havercroft, who is Global Chief Customer Officer for Success Factors at SAP. Welcome. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here. Yeah, um, really looking forward to this conversation. Um, the last conversation we had uh, sort of ran away from us. It was so exciting. Uh, honestly, um, uh, you're, we are the two of us. We're really kind of singing from the from the same songbook, and um, and and we just thought that it would make a lot of sense and would be helpful to bring this conversation into the public domain, just so some people could. Just hear some of these ideas. Um, it, so let me just set the stage here. And, and then I really want you to kind of run with this for a little bit, Mark, because you have some really good ideas around this. And then, and then, and then I'll swoop in after. after. Um, there's, a, let, me, let me set the stage. There's customer success. And to be successful as a customer of an, of an HCM technology, it's really important to work with the vendor to, to focus on sort of the nuts and bolts of HR, HCM, and also some of the more strategic uh, aspirational stuff. So the first category, we at 360 Insights, we call it concrete HCM, the stuff that's easily quantifiable from a financial standpoint, the accountants understand it, it's what finance is paying attention to first and foremost. And then abstract is that other stuff, that aspirational stuff, the stuff that, that ultimately has to do with organizational success, employer culture, um, and all the rest, employee sentiment, really. And mm. Some of that, a lot of it actually is, is combined or overlaps, overlaps a lot more than we might think at first blush. But um, with that said, what are your, some, some of your thoughts around, around this, Mark? Yeah, look, um... You're right. I've, I've got a, a lot of thoughts. I've, I've kind of been in this space for a good 15, 20 years now. And I think, you know, you guys call it con concrete and abstract. I think lately we've called it, you know, uh, operational and experience. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I, I think the first point is, look, um, rightly or wrongly, um, I think those in the space um, in HR um, and in the tech HR space would have been saying for the last 20 years, we've heard HR wants a seat at the table. Um, whenever we've gone to um, put in technology, et cetera, there's been a, a battle to get the business case up with finance, et cetera, to explain the, you know, the return on investment and value. And, you know, for me, Ben, a lot of this is underpinned in the last 50 years with organizations and the way we've structured organizations is that people are a necessary evil. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. And, 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 you know, everybody think about this when you're listening to me, me rabble on here, but um, Think about all the processes and policies in places and in your organization or where you've worked. And how many times have you heard phrases like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea, but the system won't let you do that. Or, or that's not, you know, you're, you're unable to do that. You know, the reason behind that is that ultimately organizations, and I'll call them the old personnel departments, were set up to protect the organization from workers, either purposely doing the wrong thing or, uh, you know, accidentally doing the wrong thing. 
but people were a necessary cost to business. A bit like they, you know, when you looked at a finance uh, P and L of a listed business, the cost of people would be in there with real estate and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so you, you really have to have that context to understand the the, the reason of the, of the rant I'm about to go on because, um, you know. What I think people have definitely realised in the pandemic, and I think that most people in the sector of known as well, is irrespective of your business, whether you're SAP, 110,000 people, whether you're a startup with 10 people and everything in between, right? And, and whether you're in manufacturing, whether you're in technology, whether you're in services, your business is your people, right? Um, your people are the reason your business lights go on in the morning. They interact with your customers. You have departments or people that are there to um, innovate and add to your products and services, etc. So, you know, when, I, when you think about that, they are far from a risk to your business. They are your business, right? And, and again, you think of technology. Yes, every business is a digital business uses, uses technology. But, you know, startups start on what, you know, a free license of something and Excel spreadsheets, right? The reason that they're able to be productive is as, as people, they come together, they've got a clear vision, they've got a clear culture, and they've got momentum, right? They've got a focus and they've got a passion. And that's what every business I deal with in our 7,000 plus customers want. They want the secret source to that mark. How do we make sure we get that extra engagement, that extra input, that productivity? Well, the first thing you need to do is recognize your people are your core asset, not a necessary evil. So number one, you know, and I always talk to CEOs, CFOs or CHIs, is move the people from the cost category to the asset category. That's the first thing you need to do in your mindset, right? Because if you start looking at that as your core asset, it changes the language and the perception. You know, from a HR perspective as well, stop talking about kind of uh, things from a HR perspective, talk in business. If this is a key asset, what are we doing to invest in it? To, to Where's its peak performance? Where's its, you know, where can we get better from it? Where are its weaknesses? All those types of things, okay? Yeah. So the first thing you need to do here, but is, is number one, we need to make sure as leaders, we recognize that people are our core asset. And that's not just HR's piece, that's the CEO, CFO, and also more importantly, in any organization of any size, that's the line manager, because our entire experience at work is dictated by our direct manager, not necessarily, you know, we might not all report into the CEO or whatever the case may be. Mm. So first thing, attitude, people are our asset. Let's put it in there. When our mind is at that point and leadership understands that, you know, gone are the days of, you know, the top three floors with the long carpets, et cetera. That's where all the bosses live and, and we all live below. That's that's all gone too. Mm. But again, that's, you know, part of the context I'm talking about when they have that kind of hierarchical mindset. So if we tell you the first thing, we've realized people are an asset, right? And that's where HXM comes in as opposed to HCM, right? Because yeah. you then have to think of the experience of that asset. We all know as individuals, and again, anybody can translate this individually, whether you're a CEO or whether you're, um, you know, on the production line, whether you're a sales rep, whatever it is, you know, when you're feeling good at work, your experience is good at work, you feel that work trusts you, they value your work, your performance is good, right? Mm. If it's not, if your experience at work is bad, unsurprisingly, your performance isn't good, your engagement isn't in place and those type of things. So leadership needs to concentrate on people as an asset. And therefore, when you look at that, you look at what makes a person productive, right? Mm. That's being in a role that I understand what my job is. I know what my measure of success is. And also that the company is investing in me to be successful in this role. But also, you know, 
I've got ambition to try other things. I might not know what that is, or I might want a linear job, you, you know, I might, all those things, that's what we're looking for. And so as leaders, we now really start to think, okay, well, how do we make our people engaged and successful? You have to break that down to, the, to your own particular company, but that's when we really need to start to look at things like, okay, and this is, we'll come back to the technology here, Ben, because this is where I always get customers, they'll say, okay, Mark, you know, we're gonna buy success factors, great bit of software, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Okay, we're gonna take these processes from our on-premise stuff, put them on success factors, and now all our people are gonna be engaged, right, Mark? They're gonna be fantastic. And I'm like, yeah. no, they're not. <laughs> they're not because, you know, if you just replay what you've said to me, is it's like, you're gonna take the same old processes, the personnel department processes, you're gonna put them on success factors, HXM platform, and you're gonna expect a different outcome. Well, as we've said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Yeah. What we really need to do, there's three components to really um, leverage the full value of success factors or any, um, any technology or any strategy that's really focused on uh, enhancing your people as an asset and, and getting the, the, the most out of them. So the first thing is leadership. We need to recognize that we are there to get the best out of our people, not to protect the organization from them. And number, number two is, and, and I got this from my very first boss, who was, who, was, who was fantastic. It is a privilege that you are in a leadership position because of those people, mm. not because of yourself or not because of anything else. Leading people is an absolute privilege and an honor. And you need to understand that you're there to serve your people they're not there to serve you. It's a big, it's an easy thing for me to say, Ben, but you know, we've all experienced the leaders that don't have that mindset, right? And we all know uh, yes. how much, you know, and you know how much effort is involved in, in, in that and how much discretionary effort you put in for people like that. So mm -hmm. that's the first piece. The second piece, a big one for me, is, is a fantastic opportunity now to relook at the processes of your workers to make them more successful, right? Whenever we've been in a job ourselves, we'll have got to that moment where we get the job, we're in it, and we go, okay, we've got a great idea to make the customer experience better, to sell more, to, to, to innovate better products. The answer you nine times out of 10 get in the old world was, oh, that's a great idea, Mark, but the system won't let you do that. Or no, that's not allowed. We're not allowed to do that. Or you have to get approval for that. That's not our department. There's so many, you know, oh, no, 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 right? Mm. And again, you know, all that does is just take this enthusiasm and engagement and just, you know, poke holes in it, right? It just yeah. eventually, it's like, a, it can be quick or it can be slow, a death of a thousand cuts. But ultimately, you're like, I've joined this company. I want to make a big impact. I want to do my role. Mm -hmm. But it's actually the company that's stopping me achieving the internal systems and processes. And that is the reality of what we've been living with the last 50 years. So... Coming back to my point then about we've had leadership change, process, you have the opportunity now, if you're putting in a system like success factors, yeah. re-look at your processes and look at it from a design thinking perspective, from an employee perspective, right? I call it the edges of our business to our customers and say, look, the most important role in this company, I'm afraid it's not you, Mr. or Mrs. CEO, it's the people at the edge of your business that deal with your customers every day. And they're important for two, two big reasons. Number one, it's that interaction that makes your customer experience, right? Yeah. And if your employee experience is good, I guarantee you your customer experience is not just good, it's great, right? Mm -hmm. I also guarantee you that that employee, if you have working for them, 
they will listen to them. They will tell you where the opportunity is to improve your processes and therefore your customer experience mm. and the measures of that, whether it's new sales, you know, re- re- renewal, whatever that the, 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 the case may be. So, you know, a big part of it is um, looking at those processes, but looking at them from the individual worker's perspective or department's processes and listening to those people and improving those processes, giving them ownership and accountability to improve things. Could be simple things about contracts and different things. We've all been there. I know everybody listening to this will will have their own personal experience. But the point is you need to give them autonomy and you need to work backwards from that employee's role or that department's role and improve the processes. That's where these systems like success factors really then will change the engagement and the outcome of your people. And there's two key aspects of this. You said, you know, we have the operational data. So that's Mm. what they're doing, when they did it, how they did it. But relying on things like we have with Qualtrics, with our software is, but how was that experience? How was that for you, you know, ordering a new laptop or or getting those things? How was it for you booking holiday? How was it for you um, finding the right courses that you need to have the skills we need you to have in six months, right? And so you have operational data and experience data. The combination of those two, help you as a business and as a leadership adapt your processes with the common outcome of a better experience for your customers. And you Mm. start with your employee experience. And again, remember, employees are customers too. People often forget that. So, um, you know, start with employee experience. That will directly correlate to customer experience. But the software alone, taking old processes and a personnel mindset Mm. onto new technology is the definition of insanity. Me, like any other vendor out there, will take your money, but you are leaving so much value on the table. Um, mm. it's, it's heartbreaking, to be honest. But we, you know, at least I'm starting to see companies who are really um, not leaving the value on the table and getting the due results. Yeah, starting. What what a fantastic sort of just overview of of the challenges uh, today. And, and, and you know, a, a few things. So first of all. That that frontline worker, I mean, that's it, Harvard Business Review came out with uh, the service profit chain concept mm-hmm. a long time ago. You know, yeah. it, it, that's proven. You know, if you look at that, I like this idea of operational and experience data, concrete and abstract. If yeah. taken as a whole, I like to call it the totality of HCM, right? Yeah. It's going to give you a much better understanding of of your workforce, where you stand with your workforce. It's not just how much you're paying them. It's also all this other stuff, right? But but if you infuse that into the, into the, uh, the view of the, uh, the, uh, the view of the organization, it's, it's a much more holistic view of the organization. It's a much more accurate um, understanding of where the organization stands of, of, of its health, right? If you're just looking, you could be, as an organization, you could have good profits right now, for instance, or good revenue coming in. Um, and you could just stop right there and say, okay, that's, we're, exactly. we're doing all right right now. Let's, let's, you know, let's close up shop for the week and, and uh, have a nice weekend, which, which you should do anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You might be missing something huge uh, that could have a very deleterious effect on your impact on your business moving forward in the maybe the midterm or maybe the short term and so that's that's another reason why you need to watch this stuff i love what you have to say about uh 
moving employees from the the cost into the the asset column right yeah that's super important because once it's seen as a as an investment or something to invest in right that yeah. that changes the um the uh, the uh, the calculus for for accounting right yeah and yeah and, and i think we talked about this last time this idea that is there some way to actually make that a to make that a, a, an actual uh, an outcome, right, for, for the organization. Is, is there a way to actually put people into the asset column from an accounting standpoint? Um, because that to me is huge. You take that along with uh, it's yeah. ISO, the number I forget. <laughs> I forget it's ISO. Yeah, 9,000 and something and something, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But it's this idea that that um, that it was SE from the SEC it was uh, mandated yeah. that, that public companies be evaluated at least partially based on their human capital management practices and the yeah. health of their HCM of their workforce. So this yeah. is, this is happening and, and it's, it's, it's happening slowly, but surely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Ben, I just want to, a quick point on that, right. Is, is this isn't about, um, this isn't about welfare and 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 um you know what i tend to call and what you know let's be honest what some leaders kind of go, oh mark is this fluffy hr stuff no no not at all right this you know to move your people into the asset class it takes a stroke of a pen you know just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't be done you know another one of my pet hates oh we always do it this way but it doesn't mean you have to do it that way for the rest of your life right Otherwise, we'd still be riding around on horses. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's really important to know that focusing on the employees as an asset and then focusing this investment and this mindset about it, this isn't a fluffy HR thing. This produces genuine top line and bottom line growth, right? Mm. And it produces it. Not only does it produce it in the short term, but what it does more importantly is it creates momentum in your business, which is what every business leader wants, as in, it's not me driving things forward. It's not a them and us. I don't have to check people who are in the office at nine o'clock because people are committed to the vision of what you're trying to do as an organization. They feel valued. They feel listened to, right? And they're passionate about winning, right? Every business you're in, everybody wants to do well. And so, you know, it's just an important point when that, you know, with, with these regulations that are coming through, I, I think sometimes, again, our mindset can fall back to the personnel department times. Oh, True. this is just making sure we don't, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, unkind to people or there's bad labor practices. Of, of course, that's important, right? Of course, that's important. But the point I really want to make here is for the most of the people listening to this is, no, no, this, this is about taking something that has been um, an asset that has been in the corner that you've treated badly, putting it in the middle and then really caring for it your business will perform on all your metrics better than it's ever performed, right? And, and that's the big thing. This is, this is why I say um, this is about talking about people as an asset and a business and a commercial discussion because this, this genuinely, those points of engagement, that, that employee experience correlates to customer experience and positive customer experience correlates to positive financial performance and mm -hmm. other stakeholder measures, whatever your business might be because this is the same in a not-for-profit as it would be for a bank or anything else, right? So I just want to make that point because I think people get lost in the fact, oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. But no, 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 this is about business results. This is about business and people are your business. And you know what's interesting there is 
you really hit on something. There is, there's a correlation. There's, there's a proven correlation between customer experience, between employee experience and customer experience, you know, level of employee Mm -hmm. engagement, their satisfaction with their job and and the customer experience. And that it's been proven that that leads to repeat customers, you know, repeat business and all this. The issue has always been, okay, how does that act literally from, you know, from sort of a, like a literal standpoint, how is that translated to a line item in the accounting ledger, right? And yeah. that has been sort of the fly in the ointment, right? But, yeah. I, but I think that the attitude has been that, well, that, that line item in, in the accounting ledger, that's the proof, right? Yeah. But that's not yeah. the proof. It doesn't exactly. This is a postulate. This is a postulate. Exactly. So, and so it, that's the rationale to move employees into the asset column. 100%. And, you know, you, you, another point, I, I get this all the time. People are always trying to fit square pegs into round holes, right? What I mean is people are always saying, okay, yeah, Mark, okay, but we need to fit this back to our ledger. No, no, no. You need to change your ledger. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, b- business is about, evolution and change right you you just you, you know every good business out there and, and i can give you a million examples who are number one in their market who are having a great week great sales etc they're not sat on their laurels they're already disrupting themselves they're thinking about what next what product next, what what next to do right i mean basic example for everybody you know google was not the first search engine right but it's the dominant player now the point being is that if you are number one in your marketplace you should be disrupting yourself, right? Not waiting until you get disrupted. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a disruptor, you should always be looking at the market leaders and thinking, okay, let's listen to the customers and what could be better. How would they come to us, right? And again, you know, Google's an example. I mean, there's a million, eBay, look at eBay and the categories that have fallen off that and the different marketplaces that come off that. And you'll mm-hmm. see this all the time in business. So, you know, to your point, it, this is the way the world is right now. And, and the, key, the key to all of this, think of all the successful businesses that have just floated recently or any business in your own industry that you're listening to this, they have come out through a group of people seeing an opportunity to improve a service or an opportunity based on the marketplace, the customers out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you said yourself then, right? Our own experience dictates this. You get a good experience in your uh, in your life through service. Might even be getting your local coffee or whatever it is. Um, you go back there. You recommend it. It 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 is the same buying. It's the same. We are the same in the way that we buy and we show brand loyalty. Whether we're buying a coffee, a car, a house, you know. I mean, it, it, humans are exactly the same as that. They want to feel valued. They want to feel um, that the yeah. you know that 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 the company knows them and that there's a good long-term partnership there. That all starts with the interaction with people. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's really about people really, you know, and I'm kind of quite brutal with customers about this now, Ben, to be honest, because I, I kind of feel like I say to them, look, I'm not going to explain to you the world is round. The world is round. Okay. This is, this is the way the world is. If I can't, if you, if you can't see all the proof points out there and changes like that, there's nothing I can do or my software can do. You, you, you know, it's like, um, it's, it's everywhere around us. And everybody listening to this will have their own examples and think, yeah, yeah, that's an example, that's an example. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really important. I, I honestly think, I love what you're saying here because I honestly think that there will be, 
if we think uh, into the future here, right? I think I, I think there will be a point where there there are some businesses that will be run where uh, users, excuse me, employees are seen as a cost to be contained, yeah. right? And those, and there will be some demand for some of those types of companies. You know, it'd be like you know going to a, a fast food restaurant where you want to walk through and you just talk to the kiosk and maybe there's robots, yeah. you know, making the food or whatever, there will be a market for that. But but that yeah. won't be all businesses. That will not be all businesses by any stretch of the imagination. That, that'll be a niche in my opinion, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you look at that, right? And then you think about, I, th I think would be we'd be remiss to not to at least acknowledge it. I think we've gotten to this, to this, this point not through, you know, malintent or, you know, or the, I don't think it's necessarily, do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. I think some people could infer that. I think it's just been, you know, there's, you have an entrepreneur, somebody has an idea, right? And this, they love their idea and they want to see it through to, you know, to, to succeed, right? Yeah. And, and there's sort of a, a means to an end. And yeah is to see the people as a means because you're so focused on the end right yeah. and then the yeah. end can turn into not just the idea like your innovation that you were so enamored with initially it can become just you know just the um, profits and revenue at some point right you know yeah. and that that's yeah. the inflection point where you really need to understand that that it's the people and, and one other thing that you said that that fits into this i just squarely into this is disruption the leaders in their market markets are they are disrupting themselves constantly yeah. well what is the uh how do you disrupt yourself most um uh, uh dynamically how do you how do you uh achieve the most internal disruption uh which which i'll i'll equate with uh with uh we'll say is synonymous with innovation just for the sake of this yeah. Yeah. of this conversation yeah. That's by embracing your people. So, you know, it's not going to come. The next innovation is going to come no. from the small enclave of, of uh, uh, the C-suite or whatever. You know, some of it will, but you know, there's, you're like you said, you're a servant leader. You're a privilege. You're, it's a privilege, to be in that position of leadership, and you need to, but, just, just as much as you need to, from a sort of an ethical standpoint unleash your workforce to yeah. be innovative you also you will benefit as an organization from that absolutely i, I say I, I i say this all the time to ceos this is of course right you know there's the the, the the moral aspect of all this and things like that which is which is as you say ben it's completely founded my point being though is that um it's it's not one or the other what what we're really just simply talking about is evolution right it's just evolution of business evolution of mindsets that's that's really what we're talking and that's why i kind of frame it in you know personnel department right now if i think what's you know the the latest title is you know hr's what employee experience department and all sorts of different things right but this is just evolution and, and all we, you know if we look back through history we've always regarded the people at the pointy end of this as a little bit crazy or that's that's crazy but then you know time proves that they were well right i mean i mean let's take you know here, here's one that's synonymous globally right look elon musk i mean everybody thought you know this guy's crazy right going to space um electric yeah. cars all that kind of thing now now you know i'm no i don't track it but i'm pretty sure that tesla is up there as you know 
just like GM Holden or Chrysler now, right, as a car manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, the point, and you know, you and on the same vein, I, I remember studying this. You know, you know, Henry Ford. They thought he was completely crazy when he brought the motor car out. You know, like literally, what are you talking about? You know. So all I'm saying is we we are on the point of inflection, like we are as a as a as a as a race as a planet, where we are recognizing the value of people in our business. And the funny thing is, you, you made the point earlier. You know, technology is becoming more and more AI, robotics, etc. And and there will always be a place. But for me, they just enhance and our human capability. Mm. and remove that administrative process burden of jobs how many times do you hear from somebody is that their job's x but they get caught up 40 percent of their time on admin right yeah. you hear that in every role and i just say well look there's 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 automation there's ai there's robot but what i'm hiring you for is is what you intrinsically have in here your problem solving skills your 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 empathy, your ability to take a problem or take knowledge and come up with resolution, your ability to connect to the customers, to the employees that you employ. I'm asking you to be human, right? That's where I always, you know, particularly I do a lot of stuff with mining companies and things like that. And I remember having these conversations and saying, you know, when you look at mines nowadays, they are totally driven, automated trucks, automated um, all, all sorts of things, right? They automate their whole plants, yet they have some very highly skilled people that run all those plants remotely, you know? And, and again, when you look at um, mining and commodities, and, and I appreciate it's an area not everybody will know about, but it's extremely profitable and it's got more profitable because they've enhanced the human factors of knowledge and innovation and, and that thing. And they've also invested in technology to remove that burden from the individual. Why am I playing a human to, 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 to sort of drive a truck when we can do it remotely, right? It's more safer, it's more efficient, it will go 24 hours. But instead of saying, oh, that's great, we'll get rid of that person. No, no, no. Who's, in, who's working on the software or the controlling area to pilot these trucks remotely? It's those drivers, it's those people that were, were in there. So, you know, technology mm. doesn't replace humans. It replaces redundant processes where we don't need to do that as humans, right? Our, our power is the the... the the gray cells in our head. Um, no offense to any kind of physical bodybuilders or anything like that, but at the end of the day, we can build machines to do it a lot better, um, you know, continuously, right? But um, we, we really need to enhance it. And so I think, you know, as we look, talk at this, Ben, and this is recorded, I'm telling you, if we put this in one of those little time capsules, yeah. and in 20 years, people will be like, I can't even believe that they were debating whether employees are a key asset to a business or not. You know, they will be like, I cannot believe it. You know, technology will become ubiquitous. It'll be in our clothes. It's in our fridges. It's in our houses. But it's us that invent that. And it's us that link, you know, things like Internet of Things. That's human innovation that's linking those things. So, again, you know, and the answer to that innovation, to your point, it's not... um, and, and apologies, it's not the chief innovation officer. It's not right. the CIO. It's the people at the edges of your business <clears throat> doing whatever you do as a business all the time. They have all the answers and all the opportunities. You, you just you just have to start listening to them as, a, a, as an asset. So real simple what we're saying. But to your point, this is this is evolution. This isn't um, fitting square pegs to round holes. This is saying 
whatever you did before doesn't mean it's right going forward. In fact, I would suggest that you should look at anything that you say, oh, we've always done it this way, needs to be looked at and changed. Yeah. You know, that's what I would say. Well, you know, and we are coming up on the end of time. Sorry for my coughing fit a moment ago. <laughs> um, I was Sorry. grabbing a, a, a cough suppressant uh, stealthily <laughs> beneath the camera. You did it. You did it really um, well. I, 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 no, I, thank you. Very, very, very well done. Almost esque, I would say. I never would have guessed it looking at myself there. But anyway, <laughs> um, we are running out of time. But but I want to just hit on <clears throat> one thing that was an interesting to me. Um, you think about huge projects through the course of history, right? Some of them, you know, achieved with slave labor, like the, like, you know, the, the, the pyramids, the, um, the cut. Yeah. The, I was just about to say the pyramids and, and all sorts of other things. Right. And great things, the vision of whoever, you know, the vision of somebody, right. Yeah. And, but that's not where we should be going as, as a species moving forward. You know, you, you could even make the argument somehow and, that maybe it's a good thing we have the pyramids you know that's you know we were just learning we were learning as a species that's where we were that's what our minds know any better and that's okay because it was uh several millennia ago but we yeah that's not where we want to go back to even even some you know like the the modern day analog for it which would be you know people as a cost as opposed to an yes yeah yeah absolutely this i think you know the fundamental piece I think we, we've got to leave people with is um, if you're going to expect a different outcome, but keep doing the same thing, that's the definition of insanity. So you need to just stop and check yourself and go, hang on a minute, right? Number one, do we believe people are a key asset in our business? Th that is, you know, that is part of your culture and your DNA as, as leaders and your business. I mean, seriously, if you you know, if you've still got people that think it's them and us and, you know, leaders tell people what to do, you've got to make sure people are in the office nine to five, otherwise they're not working, you know, that kind of thing. You know, there comes a point in a conversation where we meet people where you just have to go, I'm sorry, the world is round, it's not flat, you are so far off the, you, you know, where you need to be, where you need to be. But, you know, as they say, you can take a horse to water. There's many examples, right, of, and it's not just the the Googles and the Teslas of the world, right? There's many examples of, dare I say, I know that you can, this probably is a bit trite, but SAP, been around for 50 plus years, right? Mm. They invented ERP on-premise, et cetera. You would think, like, I mean, we ourselves are disrupting ourselves, moving with success factors, making the acquisitions, now moving to an intelligent enterprise, because we know the days of on-premise software are gone. The days of green screens are gone. The days of computer says no are gone, right? So, yeah. you know, we are making that steps as, as our other IBMs and, you know, all, all those <clears> things. <throat> my, my point being is this is not about just the new entrepreneurial unicorns, right? Yeah. This is about evolution, right? And the thing is with the new businesses, all that is is, is people who are like us, Ben, who have gone, I see an opportunity where the society and business is going and I'm going to make that software or I'm going to make that product or I'm going to deliver that service. And, and you know, the, the commerce catch, catches up with things. So I think the point we're making here, Ben, is like you, you can have this philosophical debate about people as an asset or not or whatever, right? And that's, 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 that's your, your call. What we're saying is it's quite clear from the data, historic 
and the experience data going forward. If you grasp this opportunity and you invest in your people and you work for them as leadership and you improve their experience, your business will be one of those businesses that's listed on the, the NASDAQ or the Fortune Because if you look back, there's so many that were on it that are now obsolete, the Kodaks, the Nokias, right? <clears throat> and they've been replaced by the Teslas and the Googles. I can put a bet now to anybody listening to this, um, Google are going to be replaced by something or someone. Tesla will be replaced by something or someone, right? Because that's what happens, right? Uh, people pioneer, they... You know, there's evolution, people pioneer off the back of evolution, and then the rest of society catches up and that service or that product becomes ubiquitous, right? Mm. Um, th- th- that is, I'm not, it's not like I'm, I've got the, you know, the, an oracle in front of me or the crystal ball. History yeah. dictates the future. All we are, we're in a process of history, right? We've had industrial age, now we've got a technological age. Whether you wish to grab hold of that and grab the opportunity, that again, you can take a horse to water. It, it, it's up to you. But if, if you're working for a company that still believes in personnel departments and that, you know, you're a necessary evil and that, you know, you're lucky to have a job and, you know, be in the office from nine to five, then I would suggest as individuals, you do what we all do in society. Vote with your feet because there is better places that will trust you that will invest in you and will value you. And in turn, the organization will perform better and your reward short and long-term will be far better. And that's what we're seeing right now, right? We're starting to see a war for talent already in a pandemic, which nobody would have thought that's the case. And the reason they're moving is because when times were tough, they saw with their own eyes and, and people listening to this saw with their own eyes where their value was in their current employer. And yeah. a lot of them were not very impressed by what they saw. Yeah. Some were very impressed, but so, there was a lot that's not. And that's why we're seeing this war for talent right now. That great resignation that's going to, uh, it's going to be the demand side of, um, yeah. if you want to call the uh, talent, act, or the supply side. <laughs> which, yeah. Which yeah. would they be? Supplier demand, the, the, the talent, right? They're, the, yeah. they're the, uh, the currency. The currency of the workforce is going to dictate where this is going. Absolutely. Great, great points, Mark. Uh, just fantastic. Uh, wonderful um, conversation. Uh, this is exactly what HR Tech Chat is all about. So thank you so much. Right. Oh, look, my pleasure. It's always good to say, because, you know, I, I'm in Australia. It's early my morning. It's always good to have these conversations in the morning. It, it steals me for the day ahead because I'll be having these conversations. I have these conversations every day. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, as I said, what we're talking about now is what I hope everybody listening to this can grasp in their own role in their own organization, whether it's whether it helps them make a decision about their career and their current job or it helps them to explain to their leadership or they are leaders that they need to really pivot now to grasp the opportunity or they potentially face the worst outcome. So uh, always a pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm, glad we do it. I'm glad you didn't die of your coughing fit. And um, hopefully, <laughs> we can, hopefully we do it again down the track. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. Have, have a great day over there down under. <laughs> I will. Take care, Take mate. Care.